This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Persons of interest in this case. Someone's trying to frame this. This is going to be fine. Could be bad. It's very rare for a true crime podcast to do a sequel. We have a real opportunity here. Does anyone else feel like there's still a couple of loose ends? Get a new hobby. As long as it doesn't land you in jail. Like knitting? Right, don't be a smart It's kind of her thing. Our lives blow up if we all go down for this. Don't you want to clear your name, too? I have to see this through. Let's focus. I'll be right back. You can't leave me here. I'm not good at parties. Oh, hi. I'm, I'm nervous to talk to people because I can come off creepy. <laughs> BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And we've got a fun review for you this week because I'm going to spoil it up front and say we all like it. We, we all like the thing that we're going to review. Uh, we're talking about season two of Only Murders in the Building, which recently concluded its, um, its second season. I've been hearing so much about Only Murders in the Building and I think I'm a little bit late to the party because I only started watching season one um, after season two ended. So I basically blazed through season one and two. Uh, and even then, oh, such a fun watch. I love the show. Uh, it's one of those shows that if you have a little gap in your viewing life and you want like a half hour thing that's both extremely fun and funny, but not too sort of dumb. There is something smart at the heart of this. Um, I love it. I love the show. Did anyone else like immediately underestimate this show when it first uh, when it was first 100%. announced? 100%. That's why right? I didn't watch it. Um, I underestimated season one. And then when they announced season two, I underestimated it again. Um, and it's because of, I, I don't know, it was like, can they do the same thing that they did in season one and season two? And then when they announced season one, I was like, this looks like a reunion of sorts. And it looks like it's not going to be as funny. And I, I didn't pay much attention. Like, it's not that I hated it, but I wasn't going to watch it. Um, and then I was so surprised when I watched season one and I was hooked by episode two or three. Like I couldn't stop watching. I love this show so much. And, and it's so nice that they were able able to bring that same vibe and consistency in season two like they haven't lost touch they haven't lost that energy or that um that flow that flow is so intact in the second season for a show about murder it's very sweet right Yes. Like, I think, I think that's the, the main thing here is that it's like a really, really sweet and warm and small mm. in some ways. Very small show, despite the fact that you've got Steve Martin, Martin Short, I mean, luminaries of, of film and TV. But yeah, there's something like really, really sweet at the heart of the show. And that heart apparently is about secret passageways and murder and, and secrets in your background. So... Just to catch us all up, because we did miss reviewing season one of Only Murders in the Building, basically three true crime podcast aficionados are brought together by a love of All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma uh, by Cinder Canning, uh, loosely, I say, based on Sarah Koenig and Serial and all the rest of it. And then they decide that they want to get together to investigate a murder that happened in their building that has been billed a suicide, but they're nevertheless doing it. And the podcast eventually becomes a real-time podcast and then things get crazy. And then they think at the end of season one that it's all done. But instead, there is a second murder 
also in the building. And then and they find themselves their jabat into it because <laughs> because they seem to be more involved or the killer is trying to involve them more heavily. Um, before we move forward, I wanted to know, are we allowed to say who the victim in season two is? What do you guys think? Uh, I, I don't think we should. Okay, all right. Then just so we're clear, then I won't mention it. That said, though, I think who the victim is, how um, their story uh, sort of unraveled. <laughs> unravels. I love, there's one particular scene with the word unravels that is one of my... Like a mystery or a sweater? <laughs> both, both. And that's the beauty of the show. Um, I think what I love about the show overall, and it does sort of peak in season two, is that it almost doesn't matter if you manage to figure out who the person is. Um, you might or you might not. Um, it really depends because I've had chats with people who, you know, like, oh, I knew it from the start. But it doesn't matter because the show is really 100% about the journey, right? It's about the journey. It's about the characters. Steve Martin and Martin Short are never not fun to be with. And then you have characters um, like uh, played by Nathan Lane, for instance, who is, uh, everybody is so much fun that... It almost like, it, yes, it might be about murders in the building, but really it's about everyone else. Yeah, and, and actually my favorite thing about the show um, is the casting of Selena Gomez as Mabel, both in season one and in season two. Uh, not because she's my favorite character, but you know we always talk about performances after the break, right? But I thought like because it's such a big element of the show, um, she is the glue that holds everything together. And I think if they, they got her casting wrong, then the whole thing would have fallen apart because they have such good chemistry with one another. Like you said, it's about the characters, it's about the people um, and the people and how they interact with one another. So you have like Steve Martin, Martin Short, we've seen them like a dozen times. We know they work, it's tried and tested, like legendary duo. But Selena Gomez is such a, is such a good part in that, uh, in that trio that I think that that was such genius casting. Like it's so intelligent how they got that down. And it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing both in season one and season two. I'm glad you brought it up because I've been thinking quite a bit about the way in which shows, particularly TV shows, not necessarily movies, how they use the internet. Because we've seen people get it terribly, terribly wrong. Increasingly, though, I uh, I think we've seen a variety of shows, whether teenage or otherwise, really capturing the way in which people communicate through text and managing to bring that to life on screen. We're no longer stuck in the hackers numbers. <laughs> you know, and like, like people, I, I don't know, just when you look back and on how the internet used to be shown on screen, it was kind of crazy. But I think that um, in line with the Selena Gomez as Mabel Mora thing and the way in which she interacts with two people like more than twice her age, the way in which the show captures internet uh, podcasts, the way people report or communicate or um, or social media, the way it's used. I think all of that is really, really smart because it's a huge part of the show. And if they got it wrong, you can't get it wrong and have stars in their 70s. You can have one or the other, you cannot have both. And so I, I think they really manage that well. I can't decide if I love Selena Gomez in this role or if I'm not a big fan. And that's weird, right? Because I think what I enjoy is the way the three of them ping pong off each other and the interactions between the three of them. Now, whether I think she in herself is putting in a great performance, I tend to veer back and forth. It's hard to tell also because the character of Mabel is sort of aloof. Yes. So mm. how much mm. is Mabel and how much is her performance, I can't quite tell. Um, but I know that I deeply enjoy 
watching the three of them interact. I deeply enjoy the ways in which, you know, um, the Martins trying to, you know, use cool phrases and her rolling her eyes at them. Um, her sort of like frustrated, exasperated, a clear affection for the both of them and the way that's built over season one. And then by season two, actually what's really lovely is that it's all kind of cemented in. Um, you know that no matter, because in season one, there was a fair amount of distrust between the three of them. But by season two, they're a unit. And I really love this little unit that they have going and 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 I think that whether I enjoy her performance or not I really enjoy the three of them together and you want that little unit to stay a little unit which was what I was, which is one of the things that I was afraid of in season 2 I was worried that they would make it a slightly bigger group um, but no, this, so that goes back to the consistency, right? They keep the things that worked in season one intact in season two without, they don't fix what's not broken, which I love, love, love about the show. And I hope that um, that continues if the show is going to to continue. It's that if if there's a trio and they have such good chemistry with one another, you don't have to put in other characters. The side characters are so fun to watch, but they are nice in those bit roles, like bits and pieces and just like glimpses of them. Um, I didn't want to see anyone join that group and make it bigger or just to add star power to it, which was nice. That consistency and the cast is something I want to return to because we've been talking about the main three, but actually the various colourful characters that make up this version of New York and the Arconia are, are quite key to the experience of the show. So yeah, we'll come back for that. But we're talking today about Only Murders in the Building, Season 2. We want to hear from you. Have you also been watching? Have you also been enjoying? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 and of course tweet us at BFM Radio. Bruce Freddie Morrissey, BFM 89.9. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've You're the lady of you. the show. You're the lady, you're the lady. And the vision that was planted. In restless dreams, I walked alone. Shh, Sorry, it's just one of the great breaks in folk rock history. It's hard not to sing along. BFM 89.9, uh, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we're reviewing Only Murders in the Building Season 2. And I wanted to start off the side of things with that clip firstly, because I, I died laughing. Like when that happened in the show, I just I just died for a good you know, three minutes. But the other thing is because I think that clip kind of exemplifies how uh, the blend of Sure, on the one hand, there is an investigation, there's a murder, they're on the tail of somebody, they're trying to figure it out. But on the flip side, there's like yodeling. <laughs> and, and, and it's, I, I would say, equally important. For me as a viewer, I liked both things equally. I like the mystery, I like the, the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew quality. Um, Scooby-Doo, I think, is also referenced in the season. But the, the yodeling, the cat, the bird, the neighbours, all of that is equally important to me. 
the slow motion, I'll just oh. say. Oh. Mm-hmm. This season has so many brilliant pieces of um, like comedy set pieces. Um, and I think that they, they work in this kind of sweet, old-fashioned way, right? Things that people like um, Martin Short and Steve Martin excel at. But also the other reason I love that clip is because it really exemplifies how important the supporting characters are in this show. Because um, yes, you have the core three, uh, then you have the people that they're investigating. But this show actually also really thrives on getting you to feel like you live in the Arconia as well, right? Whether it's Lester the doorman or Howard the cat fan, um, owner of Evelyn and then Sevelyn. Um, you really come to love these people by the end of season two. Um, and that's fun. By the time we come to this scene where with the yodeling scene, um, there's something very sweet about waiting for each person to pop in and do their bit. And I think that's because like uh, both Steve Martin and Martin Short don't hijack the show, which they easily could. Mm-hmm. Like they easily could do it if they want to uh, because they're, they're the legends, right? And they have such like intense charisma um, that they can hijack any scene that they're in. Um, I think Martin Short is meant to do it and he plays it so well. Uh, he does exactly what he's supposed to do, which is so nice. But but Steve Martin's just, um, he's not even playing his character up the same way he did in, uh, I don't know, uh, Father of the Bride. Or, or any one of his bigger comedies, right? Not even on like SNL. He's kind of subdued. Uh, he's kind of in There's the background. There's a sadness, right, to yeah. his character. Yeah. There, there is a sadness, but it's also so funny, that sadness, <laughs> because, because he doesn't know why he's there or what he's doing. He's, he's constantly being criticized. Um, and he has it's to pay funny. for everything. He yes. has to pay for everything. Um, and you said like, uh, Lynn, like you said in the beginning that you died laughing. You, this show has a lot of like actual laugh out loud moments. It's not like a, like a small giggle or like, you know, you smirk. Or, oh, haha, that's funny. Like you actually laugh a lot at the things that they do, which, which I was, which I did not expect. I didn't expect this show to be like that funny, funny. So isn't that interesting? Because it's like a blend of old comedy and new comedy in the sense mm. that um, I I associate the laugh out loud funniness with stuff that I watched when I was younger. Um, and maybe the, in some senses, the comedies that tended to blend physical and verbal comedy very well because it's it's that combination right that really gets you i think sometimes the really cerebral stuff you're like oh ah, ha ha indeed <laughs> that, that was <laughs> hilarious um but it's occasionally the a pure pratfall or cream pie to the face is just the thing that elicits the laugh out loud guffaw and i think only murders in the building reminded me of what it was like to laugh at television because i i don't actually think mm. i've done it in a little while and i think that might be testament to the martins um and what they and their years of experience and their chemistry together but again also the ability to say yeah but we're not doing a show that's set in the 70s. We're doing a show that's set in the right now and we also have to be able to bring humour from now into that. I think it's so Mel Brooks in yes. a way. It's mm, so yes. Mel yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooks. That's mm. exactly what I was going to say. It reminded me of that era of comedy. Our camera show. You know, just <laughs> things like that are incredibly funny. I don't know why. Um, also, Father of the Bride is a great reference point because both Martin Short and Steve Martin, right? And then it's it's got that vibe where um, it's not... It's not quite a sitcom. It's not a sitcom at all, in fact. The only thing it shares with a sitcom is that it's funny and it's 30 minutes. 
but it has the kind of coziness that you feel with a sitcom. Is it not a sitcom? If I mean, it's a situational comedy. If if we were to really break it down, it's a comedy that's taking place within a situation. The situation either being a murder podcast or the mm. Arconia, right? I mean, you could I guess argue. you could call it a sitcom. I'm not sure why I hesitate. Maybe because of the mystery factor mm. and the fact mm. that you have a seasons-long arc and you have to follow it, which is a little bit different from a sitcom which kind of has a self-contained storyline each episode. Uh, but the feeling I have for this is very similar to some of the best sitcoms I've loved. I mean, I, I've never seen a show that feels like a podcast. And this is a show about a podcast. You know what I mean? Like, I, I listen to podcasts because they are cozy. They have a kind of a warmth to it. Um, and, and it's very comforting when you have, like, a favorite podcast that you can follow and listen to, right? This show feels like I'm watching a podcast. Uh, and I'm watching a show about making a podcast, which is so weird. It has that that vibe, that aesthetic. Even the music, the music is so good. The, the score music is brilliant. It's so sweet. Um, and I don't know how they do it. They emulate it so perfectly. Well, I mean, the season... The season just gets the seasons and then season two actually gets more and more sort of cleverly self-referential, right? Because they are constantly sort of sending up this idea. And then, you know, midway through season two, they say something like, we need a better storyline. We're treading water here. And I find all of these things so smart. Um, and yet that doesn't stop them from having like a pratfall in the next scene that's equally brilliant. And all of that is also wrapped up in questions about what it means to grow older and be lonely. Yes. Uh, what it means to be somebody whose life has been shaped by trauma, by losing close friends. Uh, what mm -hmm. it means to be somebody who... I, I don't think it's fair to call call Oliver a failure, <laughs> but, you know, what, what it he's might mean... He's not a mean, success. He's, he's not <laughs> exactly a success. He has had some uh, big production issues. But I think what it means to be someone who has this rather fraught relationship with the idea of art and success. And and it does all of those those things really well. I enjoy the the momentary looks into into fatherhood, into aging. And and it's done really weirdly subtly, I think. Oh, I love those things about the show. Um, you know, for all that it's a mystery and it fall that it's a comedy, the parts that stayed with me really, there's this great episode about the building supervisor, Bunny, um, and how you suddenly get to know her in a really different light, right? Um, I love that How episode. she moved there, um, you know, why she ended up becoming supervisor, her relationships with people in the building. It's really sweet and, and it actually left me feeling melancholic and sad and there, there are touches of this throughout the show, which I thought really elevates it from being just another 30-minute show. Hmm. So so I haven't looked up the future of the show, um, but I was wondering, like, how many seasons do you think this can go for before the, the coziness runs out? Because six I'm and a movie. Six <laughs> and a movie. <laughs> I was going to say, like, three or four tops, and then I'm, I'm, I'm done. I think three or four, and then you start wondering why people still live in the building where people keep dying. Well, it's a good building, though. It's a great building. And New York, rent control mm -hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so I will say that there is season three already. They have confirmed season three. They've also confirmed a new addition to the cast that if you've watched the season, you'll know who that is. So that person will be coming back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for season three. I don't think that they should flog it. Um at the moment, I said this about Ted Lasso, and since then I've come to regret it. Um, but at the moment, I feel like I trust the people helming the show to 
to make correct storytelling decisions for how long it should run. So really glad that season three exists and uh, or will exist. And I'm happy to see where it goes. I think they know what they're doing. So far, yes. Um, I feel like season two has only gotten better, yeah. barring the addition of maybe Cara Delevingne, who I could have done without. Um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like they know where this is heading and what to do with the characters, most importantly. Mm, I, I selfishly want the show to stay small because I'm worried if it gets too famous or too big, then they'll mess it up with too many famous faces. Um, I want it to stay in that perfect blend of, of new comedy, old comedy, um, as long as it can go for la. It's a great show. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, Only Murders in the Building has two seasons out, a third season confirmed already. Let us know if you're planning to catch it, if you have watched it. What did you think? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 and of course tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.